Hi there, I'm glad you're tuning in on to this week's episode of What's New in Ethereum and DeFi Space, where I'll be sharing with you all the hottest and latest news so that you can stay up to date. We'll be talking about Ethereum transaction volume, the sky high gas prices, what that means for the future of Ethereum. We'll be looking at how to stay safe in the DeFi space, the increasing amount of meme coins and what that means for DeFi, as well as some fantastic implementations to Aave and Uniswap. A lot of juicy stuff I'm sure you'll find valuable. My name is Kieran and I'll be your guide on your DeFi adventure. The DeFi space is super dangerous. You can run into a lot of hacks, scams, um, yield farming, things that look lucrative, but in the end, if you're not aware of what it is, it will be out there to grab your money away from you. And I want to be your map and compass on your way to make sure that you reach your end goal of becoming financially independent. With that as I said, let's jump right into the video. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. Hit the like button, make sure it turns blue because it helps out these videos with the YouTube algorithm. So monthly Ethereum transaction volumes surpassed 24 billion US dollars despite sky high gas fees. Now you might be wondering why that's happening because even though the amount is a lot higher, We've got 24 billion US dollars. There's a lot less users on the network. So the user activity declined last month, but the transaction volume on the ETH network were nevertheless above 24 billion US dollars. And that's probably due to this mega trend, this craze in terms of yield farming. Many people are chasing after these thousand, 10,000, even a million percent yields, which are just not sustainable. So let's quickly look at the current gas prices. I remember a time when I'd be paying maybe a few cents per ETH transaction. And now the average is $1.76 for an ETH transaction, $3.45 for an ESC20 transfer. I mean, the top out of the top 100 coins on CoinMarketCap, 45 of those are running on Ethereum. So they are ESC20 tokens. And if you want to transact one of those on the Ethereum blockchain, you're going to be paying a premium um, since you'd be coining a smart contract. Now, next stop is Uniswap trades. At the moment, it's definitely not profitable to trade any ESC20 tokens on Uniswap or any of the other decentralized exchanges. It's just way too expensive there. It's much better if you go onto a, a, an exchange such as Loopring, which has um, zero knowledge technology, which makes the trades a lot cheaper. Or you can also trade on Binance or other platforms where it's a lot cheaper to, to trade between ESC20 tokens. So definitely at the moment, it's just not viable to trade with Uniswap. And then last but not least, you've got $15.85 for Compound Protocol. Compound Finance, a lending and borrowing platform allows you to lend funds, cryptocurrencies, and you can earn a certain APR per year. But now you have to pay $15 just to deposit your funds or even it might even be a lot more money that you have to pay to remove these funds from compound finance. So definitely not viable if you just lock up hundred US dollars worth of crypto. Think maybe starting at thousand, two thousand plus US dollars locked up. It actually makes a little bit more sense, but $15 is just mind blowingly high and um, just not sustainable for the, the whole DeFi space. A solution needs to be found. I mean, EIP 1559 needs to be implemented as soon as possible. And ETH 2.0 can't come fast enough. But even with the phase zero update of the server entity update, it's not going to alleviate any of the fee problems that we have. Only after the phase two has been implemented can we start doing transactions. And that may, might be mean in a one year and a half or two years from now. So until then, we're going to have to have some solution. 
hopefully layer two is gonna bring a lot of relief, but it's still in its baby shoes. So median gas price, 196, but at certain peak times, it's been at 700. See here, you can see how a lot of um, different um, graphs showing the median gas prices by hour, the cost of the ETH transfer by hour. Of course, when a lot of people are sending transactions, ETH transactions, then it's a lot more expensive. So make sure that you go on to ethgasstation.info. There you can look at the current price of a fast, um, a normal speed and a slow transaction. So there you can maybe estimate how much it's going to cost and think about if it makes more sense to send a transaction at a later date. So here you can see median gas price by day for the last 90 days. Yield farmers have definitely um, caused a massive spike in gas prices. So the cost of the ETH transfer also increased due to the fact that the network has been clogged by a lot of transactions, especially you have to think about it like that. If you've got someone that is locking up his funds into a certain project and it becomes unviable to keep their, these funds in that project, a certain um, yield farming project, then he wants to get these funds out as fast as possible because any delay means that you'll be losing more and more as the project loses in value. So what he's going to do is he's going to jack up the gas prices and that means that everyone else is going to have much higher gas prices until everyone that wanted to remove their funds from that contract has managed to do that. And that would drive up the gas prices for everyone. It would mean that the smart contracts become more expensive to call upon and normal ETH transactions also get a lot more expensive. So found a funny comic. Um, there are definitely a lot of Ethereum or so-proclaimed Ethereum killers around. Of course, you've got the Cardano folks. Um, Cardano is definitely a very good project. However, they've got a lot of headway to do in order to compete with Ethereum. They still have to uh, implement, they have to develop a lot of dApps. I mean, Ethereum has around three or 4,000 dApps. Even though Cardano is a third generation blockchain, they, they still have a lot to prove and they have to start offering actually um, usable applications to their users. Uh, in order to compete with Ethereum. And then you've got Polkadot, which has risen quite a lot from the depths, um, especially after their one to 100 split, where one token was split into 100 tokens. And the, the interesting thing with Polkadot is that they offer interoperability between the blockchain, something that Cardano also wants to do, but Polkadot is kind of um, specialized in that. <laughs> and then um, basically these uh, so-called Ethereum killers, they, um, they get punked by this, uh, this other guy, the ETH 2.0. Like I mentioned, it definitely has to come and not just phase zero, phase two is what we're looking forward to because only after phase two we'll be able, be able to perform transactions on the new Ethereum 2.0 blockchain. Yield farming, meme coins, and it just it's just too crazy and a bit of a joke at the moment, even though a lot of money is being thrown into it. It's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, to say that the cryptocurrency DeFi space is the wild, wild west is a bit of an understatement. So as the latest craze to take hold of the industry grows larger, DeFi meme coins and a lot more there, they, they, they might seem fun, but they're not that harmless as they seem like. So then you've got like sushi coin, hot dog, whatever um, kind of coin. I think you've got like spaghetti pasta. <laughs> and the, the thing is, they, they, they lure in a lot of new people that don't have a lot of funds. They might have, I don't know, maybe $500, $1,000, but they lure them in with incredibly high APRs, like 500%, 1,000%, 2,000%. It's just not sustainable. 
So as DeFi exploded this summer, so has its weird spin-off meme coins. Basically, a lot of these coins are just forks of previous projects. Uh, they, they, they add a different name. So you've got then hot dog, you've got kimchi, you've got sushi, whatever. And they're basically just clones and they offer these high APRs with coins that have been just minted with no inherent financial value. But people don't seem to realize it because the first people that enter the project, they, got, they get these insanely high APR. They sell the coins to other people who get into the project later on. And in the end, this is kind of a very smart um, Ponzi scheme, if you ask me. I mean, lending and borrowing does have its viable um, projects such as AVE, Compound Finance, but this year is a lot different. And the thing is with a lot of these um, yield farms is that there's a, there's a word for them and they call it flash farms. And the reason for that is that they only last a week, if not less. And they, they offer like 1000% APR but, uh, at the end of this week. They have no liquidity. People that bought into the token, they're left with this valueless token and they have no way to get out of it because no one else wants to buy it. And that leads to um, very interesting but unfortunate things happening such as the, this one project called Hot Dog and one guy that says magical world of yield farming from 4k us dollars to one dollar in less than five minutes <laughs> and the ironic part of it is that this um, hot dog chart looks like a hot dog bit in half now the thing to keep in mind with apr is that uh, if, you've, if you've got a project that is offering a super high APR, maybe like 50%, 100%, 200%, whatever, even higher, look at ludicrous numbers, is that the higher the APR, the more risk is involved in this project. And that's why I won't be making any videos showing you how to yield farm or how to earn 100%, 200%, 500 here or there, because I want to make sure that you um, learn how to make the, the, the most reliable um, APR in, in a certain amount of time with the least risk possible. So there are many other DeFi YouTubers that are making videos on how to earn 90% here and 90% there. Uh, I don't want to really want to do that because I don't see all of this as sustainable. It's more or less like an experiment, a social experiment showing the greed um, of a lot of cryptocurrency investors. And I think it's a lot more sustainable to just buy some tokens, hold them. And when comparing it to the traditional financial system where you might have a 7% um, return on investment per year, me personally, I think I'm, I'm super happy if I get like 20, 30, 50, even 100% return investment year after year and being able to to have this investment relatively safe i mean the cryptocurrency and DeFi space it, it's risky on its own you don't really have to add like a tenfold risk layer on top of that that makes no sense and that's why i just stay away from yield farming it's just not sustainable it's a bit of a gimmick um, a lot of these projects they just print out a lot of coins they give them to the users but these coins have no inherent value that's why i'm staying away from that and i'd advise you as well if you want to be a smart investor and you want to look back and make the most out of your investments don't give up your hard-earned ETH or other um, good tokens for any of these uh, yield farming projects
So it's super important to stay safe in the DeFi space. I've had a lot of comments where people ask, is this project safe? Is that project safe? And of course, I can't really give an answer on that because me personally, I don't know if a project is safe. I just know if I would use the project. Another of the top ones, me personally, I feel comfortable using and also recommending such as Aave platform, um, Compile Finance, um, DYDX or Synthetics platform. And I feel like one of the highest criteria for a DeFi project is, has it been audited? And there's a great website. Uh, I can share these articles down below. And the top DeFi projects have been classified by highest audit scores. And I think this is great um, for, for new investors to make a better um, judgment on which projects they'd like to use. So the anonymous and DeFi safety team looked into popular decentralized finance DeFi projects. The top one in terms of ranking is Synthetics Exchange, a derivatives um, trading platform. And the lowest one is SushiSwap, a clone of Uniswap. So here we've got the, the rankings, the top one synthetic exchange with an overall score of 96%, scoring 100% in executing code, verification, 92% documentation, 87% in testing and 100% in audit. So fantastic score all across the board. And this makes me trust the platform a lot more knowing um, that it has such a high score. It doesn't exclude the possibility for a smart contract failure, but it definitely reduces the likelihood of something like that happening in the future. Then we've got Compound Finance, another um, project that I'm really a big fan of, um, 88% score. Uniswap, huge fan of it. Um, decentralized Exchange, a score of 86%. MakerDAO, 85%. Ave Platform, 84%. So very close to all of the other ones. And then Open Protection is last in this group with a score of 80%. However, the thing to note with Open Protection is they had a bit of a hiccup um, a month ago where one of the liquidity pools got emptied, but they acted super fast. So just have to keep that in mind. If you want to go onto their website, it's pretty cool. It's called DeFiSafety.com and you can get a rating of DeFi applications on smart contract quality and safety. So you've got the audit list and you've got many different platforms rated for um, different categories, audit, um, code, execution, verification, documentation, a lot of these. So here you've got Balancer, 74% AVE, we already looked at 84%. <laughs> BZX trading this seventy uh, percent since it was hacked. Compound Curve Finance make it also super high. InstaDap only fifty eight percent. Then you've got Newer Network twenty eight percent, which is interesting. Uh, I've been looking at Newer Network a bit. Haven't used it, but not that high of a rating. Spaghetti Pasta, 43%, probably a yield farming um, platform. Sushi Swap, um, 19%. So the, the rating got reduced by a bit. So definitely wouldn't encourage anyone using this um, platform, even though they are trying to ramp up and become a massive competitor to Uniswap by doing something called vampire mining. But I will talk about that in a bit. The Uniswap 86% year on finance actually got a respectable 66%. <laughs> Yam Finance got a score of 25%, a train wreck of a project which managed to lock up a lot of funds. The users were not able to uh, withdraw these funds from the project. Uniswap daily volume over $1 billion as yield farming craze continues. So the decentralized exchange Uniswap has become the first decentralized exchange to reach $1 billion US dollars in daily volume and that happened on the 2nd of September. So Ethereum DEX volume passed $1 billion US dollars, a lot higher. and 
Uniswap managed to do that on its own 1 billion US dollars clean on the 2nd of September. So Uniswap has been one of the leading forces in the decentralized exchange um, sector uh, with a lot of trades happening. Also a lot of new users coming into the space. So at the beginning of August, it was around 293,000 and at the moment it's 400,000 users split up with a large proportion of these users uh, using the Uniswap protocol. Many also using Kyber Network, Compound Finance, One Inch Exchange, Aave Platform, Curve Finance, and Balancer Labs. To say that the growth is exponential is a bit of an understatement. It's just <laughs> going parabolically. I think that this statement by Vitalik is a good representation of my sentiment towards the whole yield farming. I personally am staying clear of the yield farming space completely until it settles down into something more sustainable, but I'm not particularly a smart mind in DeFi. And I think this is a bit of a jab towards the Chad meme where a lot of new cryptocurrency investors that think that they're superior because they're using some yield farming and earning a certain 100,000% APR. Um, they're better but in the end um, those that are patient those that uh, manage their risk correctly will be those that reap the benefits so I think it's pretty good that he's not encouraging yield farming it's just not sustainable for the long run DeFi meets real estate as Ave readies crypto mortgages. So Realty is um, a cryptocurrency company that allows for people to tokenize real estate that means they put their houses onto the blockchain. They split up the value of the house into many different tokens. These get sold and people can earn a certain interest rate on that. And I think it's great. It allows a lot more people to invest into real estate without having the large sums of money that are necessary. So DeFi Lending Protocol Ave is teaming up with Realty and getting into mortgages. And so Ave announced as working with Realty, a company devoted to the tokenization of real estate. So it lets people stake their tokenized real estate as collateral to take out loans. So not only can you be benefit from the, the relatively stable um, real estate market, but you can take these tokens, you can lock it up on Ave, and you can take out a USD um, dollar amount to maybe pay bills or to buy some other assets. The same way that you would lock up some ETH, now you can lock up some real estate tokens. It just allows for a lot more flexibility of what you do with your finances. And that's where the term money Lego um, thrives. You might have heard of it. Basically putting all of these different use cases together to make a new financial tool that you and I can use to make a lot more with our investments. So how do these um, tokenized mortgages work? So instead of buying a whole house, which is super expensive, I mean, especially here in Switzerland and you can buy shares of these houses. These tokenized houses can be traded in Uniswap and anyone can buy even a piece of a property. So you can buy one token, maybe it costs 50 US dollars and you've got a small percentage of that house. Now there is a bit of a problem um, with these, uh, when using such a token as a collateral, what happens if someone doesn't pay back the loan? Um, does the house get sold? So that's a question that has to be answered and it's not very clear. But I'm sure they're going to find something um, for that. So what happens if you can't buy, pay back a $5 DeFi loan that you um, took out using tokenized um, real estate tokens? In Switzerland, in the canton of Zurich, you can now pay your taxes in Bitcoin and Ether. 
So you can pay up to 100,000 Swiss francs. That's around 190,000 US dollars of your taxes in Bitcoin or Ether. And that's fantastic. It shows that it's accepted and hopefully a lot more cantons in uh, Switzerland are going to be accepting that. I'm looking forward to being able to pay my taxes in BTC or ETH. So when someone pays their taxes in Bitcoin and Ether, the government is not going to keep her in Bitcoin and Ether. They're going to convert her straight away to Swiss francs as they don't really want to keep a volatile asset. Um, for taxes because maybe a month afterwards it's worth half of what it was they want to have um, stability they don't really want to be involved with all the volatility of these cryptocurrencies so it does make sense super happy that they are accepting cryptocurrencies um, for the taxes it just means a lot more people especially the government are favoring adoption more people become aware of these cryptocurrencies they accept it as um, legal tender and that just promotes a lot more adoption. So um, the next few years, just it's going to blow up. The whole thing is going to blow up. It's, it's going to be massive. Let's talk again about Uniswap and they have introduced token lists. Now you might be wondering what token lists are. And basically token lists is like the name suggests, it's a list containing different tokens. And this is super useful because the problem with Uniswap is that anyone can add any type of smart contract and name the token similar to another token that is uh, well known and they can try and, and scam people and with the use of token list then you know that all the tokens in this token list are authentic i can show you an example it makes it maybe a little bit easier to understand so many popular platforms such as ave one inch exchange um, DeFi prime they created their own token lists and people can select the tokens that they have added to their token list so what you can do is when you're on uniswap.org and uh, you can click on select a token and then down here you can see this um, i've got the coin gecko defi 100 token list open and these are the tokens in, in in that token list but what i can do is i can click on change and i can select another token list so if i like the tokens that are available on one inch exchange then i can select the one inch exchange token list i can select that and i've got all of these tokens that are available on one inch exchange what i can also do is i can select maybe coin market cap defi token list coin market cap stable coins and defi prime synthetics here you've got the synthetics since you can get the Uniswap default list, Zerion Explorer. So this is great. It allows a lot more of trustiness to the platform. You don't really have to worry about selecting a token that might not be a real token. And also you can um, maybe have your favorite tokens there. You know that one inch exchange has all of your favorite tokens or DeFi Prime is a website that you trust a lot and you think that they're going to curate these tokens um, so that only the best tokens are available. So I can select the DeFi Prime token list and I've got all these um, tokens that I can exchange, I can buy or sell. So yeah, that was it for this video. Hope you enjoyed this Ethereum and DeFi news update. If you've got any questions, leave them down in the comments below. If you like this type of content and want me to create a lot more of it, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Join me on this DeFi adventure. It's never boring. A lot of exciting stuff is happening and a lot more how to guides are coming out soon. So with that said, I wish you a fantastic day and I'll catch you in the next video. Have a good one. Bye-bye.